During the season of Easter, we walk through the book of Acts as uh, one set of our readings. And so we pick up uh, where we left off last week now with Acts 9, starting at verse 1. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him, and falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise, enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. And the men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. And Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they, lay, they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. He said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise, go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. And for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues, saying, He is the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed and said, Is not this the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of all those who called upon this name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading for the evening, also traditional through this season of Easter, is to read from Revelation. And so we hear from Revelation in chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. 
Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders I saw a lamb standing, as though it had been slain, with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God out into all the earth, or sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, each holding a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God, from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God. And they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise in honor of the gospel. And our gospel reading this day is from John's gospel in the 21st chapter. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, well, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. And so they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple whom Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. And when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. And so Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. And Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. And this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, 
feed my lambs. We said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This, he said, to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. This is the gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Do you join your hearts together with mine as we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for all which you have done for us through Christ, for bringing us here around your word to work by your spirit and lead us to Jesus. And we pray that you continue to remove distractions from our hearts and minds and you continue uh, to bring us into the forgiveness that you have, us, have for us in Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Have you ever had those moments where you know you've been there before? You know, there's those times when you're walking down a sidewalk somewhere, you're walking in a particular time of day, and all of a sudden something comes over and you stand and stop and kind of look around, because it seems like you've done that exact very same thing before, yet you can't quite put your finger on it. You start to wonder, was it just something I... I thought about before? Is it just a faint memory of something that happened in the past? Was it a, a dream that happened and now I'm kind of experiencing it in reality? It's that kind of feeling that we call deja vu. This, this idea that you walk through something and the experience just seems so familiar to something that's happened before. There's a little bit of me that wonders if Peter kind of felt this way. So remember, Christ had died Christ had risen, and he had come to that upper room with all of the disciples that were in it and proclaimed peace to them that he alone could bring and gave them that gift of forgiveness and told them to wait for him, told them that he would visit them and be with them. And as you read through the various Gospels from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you see there is a direction to go to Galilee. And as Simon Peter and the rest of the disciples kind of made their way back up to Capernaum. They just kind of started to roll back into the things they knew. I mean, it's what we do. We have our regular rhythms we're used to. And for three years, these disciples followed Christ in a way that was very different than everything they had done before. As they had left their businesses, left their families, left the fishing, and they would come back and forth and visit from time to time. But that time, with our Lord in the flesh, there walking amongst with them. It was very different. So now, he wasn't present next to their side. They're kind of trying to figure out what to do. And as Peter is sitting there, maybe a little bit anxious, finally looks up and says, look, I'm getting back to work. I'm going fishing. This wasn't our general idea of like vacation enjoyment, running off to go fish and sit in peace, that kind of thing. This was work. This was what he knew. This was his job. This is how he knew to make ends meet. This is his regular rhythm that he was used to. 
So all the disciples said, great, we're going with you. I mean, many of them, that was their deal too. And so in that evening, as they head out in on the boat, out into the water, and they go out and about expecting to catch fish, work throughout the night, and then daybreak comes. And some lonely soul walking along the shore that they can't quite figure out in the mist calls out like any other kind of brother fisherman would. Hey, did you catch anything? Got any fish? You've been working all night? And this is pretty regular. Dad was a commercial salmon fisherman for years, and if we were ever in earshot of another boat, that was always the first question. How's the fishing going? Did you get anything? What's your catch? Reluctantly, Peter had to call back. No, nothing. There's been no fish all night. Nothing to bring into the boat. Nothing to sustain us. Nothing to bring to the marketplace. Absolutely nothing at all. And I wonder if there was a little bit of a sense of deja vu here. Because if you remember in Peter's calling, it was very similar. He's out there on the boat. Someone calls out, hey, catch any fish? Throw your net off on the other side. See, because the moment he did that, the moment Jesus, in all of its simple beauty, and I love it because it's also a response that most fishermen would give. Oh, you've been fishing on that side of the boat? Well, fish on the other side of the boat. You'll get some fish. Try it that way. I mean, it's a little snarky maybe, but, you know, it's something that you could imagine someone just saying to poke a little bit of fun. And as he calls it out and the disciples do it, all of a sudden, there's a catch. And not just a normal catch, a very large catch. And a catch of a particular type of fish. And, you know, we try and look and wonder of what the meaning of all the 153 or large fish is. It's simply fishermen knowing what they caught and almost bragging a little bit to just say, look at this amazing thing that happened. Because in the day, you had small fish, medium fish, and large fish. And that's kind of how you categorized how much something was worth in the marketplace. If you have a smaller family, you buy a few small fish or one large fish. If you didn't and you needed more, you'd buy the bigger things. There was a quality level of things. And so for that detail of there being large fish in there, and not just a few, but 153 large fish, everybody would have been shocked when they heard it. And you know the difference. I'm going to show you a picture here of a, a couple different ones, and we'll get back to the painting in just a second. So this, that's a little fish. Okay, a couple of pounds, and depending on where you're at, that might actually be kind of a big fish, depending on what you're catching. That's a, a couple of pound rainbow trout that my dad caught just the other weekend when we were up in Oregon. Okay, now this, that's a large fish, okay? <laughs> and depending on some of the ones that were in the river, that's actually almost medium, based on s some of the things that we saw come in. That was more along the lines of 10 to 11 pound steelhead. That's kind of what we were looking for. Those were fun. The little ones, you kind of reel them in and it was done. Those guys, a few minutes, you get to play with them a bit. It was a lot of fun. But the sermon's not about those fish. It's about other things. And so, we get back to this other picture here. Now, 153 large fish caught in the net. Simon Peter heads out on the water and think of the repetition of things that are going through Peter's head. He's heard this call before. He's seen this miracle before. And now he's jumping out on the water somewhere where he's been before heading towards Jesus. Because John told him, right? It's the Lord. And Peter didn't waste any time. 
out into the water, out onto the shore, and Jesus already has breakfast ready for him. Kind of an amazing thing to think on. Providing, without anything even being brought, Christ moving first and bringing exactly what was needed, and then the invitation to bring some of the things that Christ had also provided in the miracle to the meal, and saying, come, sit, eat, enjoy. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to take care of you. You see, these repetitious things like this always come with a beauty from Christ first. Now, as they were sitting there and enjoying this wonderful beauty of a meal, as they're being fed by Jesus himself, in this time after the resurrection, this time before the ascension, this time where Jesus is around making appearances in his flesh body in him full deity and full man walking along to continue to do miraculous things and sit and eat with the disciples he then pulls peter aside now there's probably some familiarity here too some sense of it happening all before as as jesus calls peter aside and walks along with him and he says peter peter do you love me now think for a second all the things that may have happened or that did happen just a week or two earlier in Peter's life. Sitting at the Lord's Supper, hearing the words that three times you're going to deny me tonight. Sitting in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus is saying, Stay awake, and he can't seem to. Continues to fall asleep, can't follow the Lord for anything in those moments. All these sins starting to come back to Peter's mind in the moment when Jesus asks him, do you love me? And he's trying to figure out whether or not these things are actually going to keep him from the Lord. And I know you've probably been there too, wondering as those sins crop back up in our hearts and minds and words and hands, as those things seem to creep forward again into our mindset and we wonder once again as we come into our regular rhythm of showing up here where God calls us around his word and his gifts, a place where he promises to feed us. And we wonder if those sins are too great this time. If those sins are something that are going to hold us back. If those sins are something where God's just going to look at us one day and say, no, sorry, you're not welcome anymore. See, coming to this place, it's not a faint sense of wondering whether or not God's going to love you. It's not a sense of, well, possibly it happened in the past, like a sense of deja vu or anything like that. No, coming to this place is very much like Peter coming to Jesus, as Jesus called him aside. He knows who his Lord is. You know who your Lord is. The one who's there to love you. The one who's there to forgive you. The one who's there to feed you. And continue to provide for you. Through this conversation with Peter and Jesus, he continues to ask him, do you love me? And he says, yes, I love you. And he says, do you love me? And he says, yeah, I love you. Do you love me? You can just imagine, come on now. It's the third time. I've already said it twice. Do I have to say it again? You know everything, Lord. You know where my heart is at. Even if my actions go against it at times, you know that I love you. You know that you are the Lord. You know that you are the one that is the one who has the word of truth. You know that you are the one that brings life. You know that you are the only one that can do these things that you have done. 
You know that I'm here because of you. See, as we join in this place, you don't ever have to wonder what you're going to hear. There's a beauty in repetition. This morning, it was really quite interesting as we were walking through the creed after the sermon, the last slide didn't come up. Nobody missed a beat. And I had an opportunity to say, you see what repetition does? It gets so ingrained in you that you know what's coming next. You know what's going to come your way. You know what is there for you. And as we come into this place, we know that God comes to be present with us, to feed us and to forgive us, and also call us to follow. And however many broken ways we do that, but he also guides us by his spirit having fed us with his word, having fed us with his very presence in communion, having come into our lives, not because we have called and pulled him down, because, but because he has promised to be here to give us of his gifts, to hand them over so freely to us. And you know every single week when you come here, you're going to hear that you are forgiven. Of all the things that you think would separate you from God, of all the things that would break that relationship, you get to hear over and over and over again that you are forgiven because of what Christ has done for you in his death and in his resurrection. And then in his love and grace and mercy for you as he has wrapped you in his word and baptism and feeds you with his very body and blood and communion. You're forgiven. You're freed to follow him. See, those sins don't bind you anymore away from God. You're forgiven of those, freed from them to follow because he loves you. And from that love, we're able to love him. So know that when you come here, that's what you're going to hear over and over again. You are loved and forgiven on account of Christ. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the love that you have given us through Jesus and all that he has won and accomplished for us as we see, as we look at that first Easter and then the weeks following where he is walking around. We thank you, God, for your work done on our behalf through your son, Jesus. And we pray that you continue to lead us by your Holy Spirit to know that you feed us and out of all the gifts that you give, you give them for our good. And that being fed, you also forgive. And in that forgiveness, you call us to follow. Let me pray, Lord, that you be with us in all that we do. And that all that we do would glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>